Okay, let's begin Parshas Lech Lecha, Tavshin Pei, as we uh, get into Avram Avinu. So we've had in the background, so to speak, of uh, Sefer Bracious, not really the background, but the beginning, the roots. But now we start Jewish history. This Parsha, Parshas Lech Lecha, gets us going, gets us uh, to the first mitzvui that uh, the Avos have received. We know Avram, Israel, and Yaakov, the first time that they were each spoken to, Hashem said something about Eretz Yisrael, Avram the most direct, Avram, you need to go. And we have the promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes to Avram Avinu. The parsha starts off, Go from all of these uh, facets and aspects of your life. Go from your homeland. Go from uh, the place where you were born, where you grew up, where your family is, to the land that I will show you. And there... I will make you a great nation. And this is counted as one of the Nisyonos of Avram Avinu. As we know, one of the ten Nisyonos, uh, the Akedah, according to most Mepharshim, being the final one, not all, but uh, we've spoken about that in the past in Parshas Vayera. But this was one of the Nisyonos that Avram Avinu was going to go to Eretz Yisrael, leaving The question is asked by a number of the Mepharshim this year. We'll see it in the Mishkan Betzalel, or Betzalel Radinsky from Munsi. Says the Mishkan Betzalel, what kind of Nisayan is this? Kodesh Baruch Hu tells Avraham Avinu, go. And if you go there, I'll give you everything. I'll give you money, I'll give you riches, I'll make your name, I'll give you everything. But that's a Nisayan. Kodesh Baruch Hu tells you, you know, go. Yeah, it's a little difficult, challenging, but, you know, this is, uh, this is what I have in store for you there. So why is that such a Nisayan? Once Avraham Avinu believed in God, and even though it's not mentioned in the Torah, how he came to that belief and recognition that also we've spoken about in the past. Why doesn't the Torah explicate that fact to Bnei Yisachar and others? But once he believed in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then what was so hard if HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises him everything? And Rashi says, Hashem says, I'm going to give you millions and millions there, so who wouldn't leave their house? Because Baruch Hu promises. Number one. And number two, if it's true that once I do Lech Lecha, once I go to Eretz Yisrael, then I'm promised riches, then what happened to Avram's nephew? Lod also went in Avraham. As is described, right, in Pasuk Dalid, and Avram was 75. So why didn't Lod have everlasting riches as Avram did? Yes, he had them for a little while, then he lost them in the war, as we know. They took everything. So it didn't stay, but one second, if, if, if it's the schar of going to Eretz Canaan, then why wasn't it everlasting, and why didn't Lot keep it with him? We do know that there were physical, there were spiritual machlokos between Avram and Lot, but let's try to get to the bottom of it, says the Mishkan Betzalel. Line 22. Kasher dibarnu b'inyin ha'avos. Ashrahim solu lanu aderach l'avodes Hashem. When we speak about the avos... They each laid, and all of them together, laid a foundation for all of us. Anashim choshvim. And people think, Sha'avraham, and you could substitute in any Gadol Hador, where it says Avraham here, 
Shavram no lad ki ish chesed, vikasha yatsa mi bet an emo, yatsa im tikshal hatsala biado, vishala mishu tsarach ezra. Amravinu was born a bal chesed. Amravinu was born someone who wants to help, someone who has his tent open. This is who he was. And that's Avramavinu. So that's why he was Avram, partly because he, why he was Avramavinu, because that's how he was born. The call you may chayav, hayu sharsheres, shalmaisa chesed, mach was tchunas nafsho vetivo. And his whole life was one long chain of maisa chesed based on his, um, personality, based on his teva. Vechen yitzchak, and also yitzchak, shu amen avoda, yatsame abetanim sefer tehillim. Yitzchak was born with a Tehillim in his hand. He was an Ola Tamima coming out of the womb. And this is how they were born. And finally Yaakov. This is how he was. This is how he was. We think that the Nisyonos that they went through, but they had a different DNA makeup than us. Says the Mishkan B'Tzalel, it's not true. It's not true about any great in the world, in history, and it's not true about the Avram Yitzchak Yaakov either. It wasn't easy. And life is not meant to be easy. Life has its challenges. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu has different challenges for each of us. Whether it's intellectual challenges, whether it's family challenges, whether it's um, Parnassa challenges, whatever it is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has it. And nobody has an easy life, but it's our job to get through it and to do our best in it. And if you think about it, a number of the Avos, and maybe even all three, were Dafka in a situation that was exactly opposite of what they would have wanted to be about, which made it even more challenging. What was Avram? He was the first one to recognize the Kaddish Baruch Hu, to be a mamin. And he was surrounded by Eino Maminim. Not Eino Maminim, but they believed in other things. His own father gave him to the king to try to get him killed. This was Avraham's surroundings. Yes, there's a certain natural tendency that people might have. Certain people are more laid back. Certain people are more uptight. Certain people are more noted to be givers. Certain people are more noted to be uh, intense. Well, that's true. But how we actually bring it to fruition, there's always challenges. Amravidu grew up in his surrounding, right? Nobody believed in Hashem. Ayelo harbi misnagdim. Ukimuvach hakashem olaytiv. Misha orev aldamo. Somebody doesn't like me. So it's hard to be a balchesed to them. And it's hard to be a mamin in the face of that. Ubecholzos, and still he worked on himself to be an ishchesed, umekarev gadol, muravim abrios, with the challenges. And Yitzchak also. Yitzchak we don't know so much about. We've mentioned often, he's the most mysterious av. There's very little in Torah Shebech about Yitzchak. Even finding his own wife, it's not done by him. It's done by his father's Eved. And he's not by his mother's Leviah. And even by the Akedah, he's passive. It's Avraham's Nisayon. So there's very little in the Torah Shebechsav that we know about Yitzchak. But we can assume, says the Mishka B'Tzalel, that he had his challenges. We know it explicitly about Avraham, and we know it explicitly about Yaakov. Titan Emes Yaakov, and who was Yaakov surrounded by his whole life? Non-MS people. V'chein Yaakov, top left. 
Like we know, Esav, Lavan, How can you be surrounded by such shakranim? And it should never affect you and never be mashpi on you at all, a little bit. And Yaakov Avinu was only bin Isayon. So what do we see from here? And says the Mishka Basal, it applies to every situation in life. It's never easy. It's never easy to keep our Ruchnias up. Whatever situation we're in, there are challenges. And the Yavos had their challenges too. Hayotzi mikol anal, she'adam tzorach lavor b'shvil midas tovos. You have to work. Ukevi ribu yanisyonos ba'osa amida, kachalav lezgado b'kniyas midazu. According to the nisyonos, we have to work hard. We have to work hard. HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts us in the situations we have to work hard. And therefore, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu promise, promises Avraham, I'll give you riches and I'll make you great, he's not saying it's going to be easy. And maybe Avraham, yes, we all would have done it, but it doesn't mean it would have been easy because there's a challenge of Oni and there's a challenge of Osher. And who knows which is a bigger challenge. It's easier in some respects to remember HaKadosh Baruch Hu when you don't have when we have chisaron, and when we have everything, and when we don't have, then it's then it's somewhat easier. So when it says that Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised Avram all these great things, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. He say, "Come," and of course he should do it. Avinu also had to weigh the challenge of being a public figure. We'll talk about that soon, but let's assume he's going to be out in the public. Everybody's going to know about him. That's an achrayus. That's a responsibility. Everybody's going to be looking at him. He always, always has to be on his best behavior. He's not an individual. And that's what this was about. So, I, it wasn't Isayim. Because everything in the Avos' lives, which laid the groundwork for everything in our lives, right? Maisa Avos, Simon Labanim, right? That is something that we have to uh, recognize. We have to recognize. And he even quotes at the end, he quotes a, a uh, vart, a, a one-liner from the Noam Elimelech, that you know the Gemara tells us in two places that Chazal killed out the Yitzhahara for Avodah We know, we read Sefer Malachim, we can't like even relate to it, that all these kings were doing all the Avodah they had a taiva for Avodah and the Makrav on the Bamos, why, why does that, so that, we can't fathom that because the Ajagas HaKadola got rid of the taiva for Avodah But the Ramadi Malach says, it was gotten rid of, but it was put into something else. It was taken out of Avodah and put into Gashmias and put into money and put into assets. And that's, the Yavodah that many, many of us uh, are, are subject to, and our Yitzhahara is always Gorim, and we always want more. So therefore, says the Mishka B'Tzalel, it was also a challenge, and therefore, what we learn is that, just like the Avos did their best in their challenging situations, so too we have to try to do our best in all of our challenging situations. Okay. So now let's talk about one of those promises. Let's talk about one of those promises, Va'agad Shemecha. Hashem says to Avraham, I will give you Eschalogoygadol, right? I'll make you a great nation. And Rashi quotes that really being on the derech really causes three minimizing uh, features, right? Peruvu, uh, you have less kids when you're traveling, and you have less money when you're traveling, and you're on the run. You can't be, you know, can't make an impression and be as famous and as as much as of a mashpia. So Kodesh gives him all three. Children, he promises, and Mamon, I'll give you a great name. Asks the Bnei Yisachar in his commentary here on Chomish, the Igrit, the Kali. Okay, you don't understand money. 
Avram could do a lot of things with money. He'd be a Balchesed with money. Children also be famous. Was Avram Avinu really looking for that? Wishing for that? Would that really be something that, that he's, that he yearns for? Oh, really? Okay, now I'm gonna go. Okay, money and, and, and children, okay, but, Vagabo Shemecha. Everybody knows about him. So, right, you, you search him and you see how many gets a, right? Everything he says, says, says goes viral, right? Why, why does that interest Avram Avinu? He's all about Kvod Hashem, not about his own covet. So what about the promise of Agav Shemecha? Achzarech Lomar Agav Shemecha says the Bnei Yisachar Sheichonu Shimcha B'Shem Gedula Shenasa Avram Avinu Merkava L'Midas Hagdula V'Hachesed. It's not just Stam Shame to be famous. Agav Shemecha has a deeper idea here. I will make your name great within you, not for other people. But I will make your name great in you. You will be a Markava. You will be a chariot for me. What does that mean? That when Avram Avinu functions and acts, people will see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kenoda, as he quotes from the Sefer Bahir, Kabbalistic Sfarim, Amr Midas HaChesed Lefnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kol Yemei Hayos Avram Ba'olam Lo Ayisi Tzorach Lifa Pulasi. The Midas HaChesed said, you know, when Avram's alive, I don't really have to do much because Avram is Chesed. He's the Midah. I don't even have to do that because the shade, the meat of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is 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 visible. So what's Vagadlo Shemecha? Vagadlo Shemecha she Shimcha Gedula. Your name will be great. And now he gets into something deeper, which which can uh, relate to each one of us. We know that every time a baby is born, Hakadosh Baruch Hu has a neshama, and he says, "Okay, time, zoom, zap." The baby gets a neshama. The baby gets a neshama. Every neshama that goes into everybody. Nilva eleha b'gzeres hayotzer. There are, so to speak, two personalities that that neshama could take on with the team of the guf. There's a physical, more mundane, lower nature, nefesh abahamis, as he calls it. He quotes, look in the Sefer Tanya. But he says, on the other hand, We all have our spiritual name. There's a siyata deshmaya. Other Svarim quote this also. When parents name their child, there's a special little Ruach HaKodesh that's, that's given to the parents at that moment to give the child the name that captures the essence of the child. That's the little Ruach HaKodesh. Somebody once got one of the Hasidim once came to one of the rabbis and said, Rebbe, could you name the baby for me? He says, you have a moment that you're going to get Ruach HaKodesh and you want to give it away? No, you take it. We don't want to give away a little Ruach HaKodesh for. You know, I, I love to have it. But there's, there's a Ruach HaKodesh moment. And what is that? When the child is named the, the beautiful name, Yehuda, Ruvain, Rachel, whatever it is, so the power of that name of the of the of the neshama hakadosha, the shame kedusha is given to that child. but there's also the potential of not fulfilling the spiritual aspect of that name. Yesh lo shame shall nefesh 
the sitra achra, the dark side. Ayde chilufim shonim v'tzirufim achirim. Kamo, he says, there's motion. If you search around the letters, it could be shama. There's uh, air and there's ra. Vihine, right? Air asa ra b'nei Hashem. Right, so air flipped it. Vihine. Kishadam nimshach achar nefesh ha When we're pulled after, when we develop and we sharpen and we perfect our sanctified nefesh, azai ze Hashem ikir Hashem shalolu isparam imenu, that shame that we develop stays with us for eternity, even after we leave this world. It's with us forever. But the other way, so then our real name is forgotten. Our real name is forgotten. The Shlach Kodr says, maybe that's why there's a minhag of saying a, ne- a pasik related to one's name at the end of the Amida that starts off with the same letter my name starts off with and ends off with the same letter. The Shlach Kaddish quotes that, early Achronim quote that. It's about remembering my name. It's about remembering the name. And he quotes from a Chazal. Shesholin, right after Me'ab Esrim, we go up to Shemayim, and the first thing they ask us is, New, what's your name? What's your name? What do you mean, what's your name? Have you fulfilled your shlichus of your name? And we have to make sure we remember our name. And we remember our name if we develop our name in this world. He doesn't know his name. It's forgotten. And that's what he says. Again, there's Kabbalah behind this too. He says, right, This is the Davar Amok. This is something that is uh, that is deep. And he quotes in the Rashi's Chachma in the footnotes. Also, right after one dies, you know, Hagidan Hashmecha, and we have to be able to say our name and remember it. Then we remember it if we fulfilled it. So when Hakadosh Baruch Hu Ravinu Shemecha, I will help your name be great. What does that mean? Not Dafka for other people and famous, but it means you will be able to fulfill your own potential of your shame to kedusha, your Avraham in Eretz Yisrael and Eretz Kanaan. And in the fullest of ways, that's where it could take place, and that's where I want you to go. Okay. Moving right along to the next Pasuk, and every Pasuk here is jam-packed. We could spend our time on the first few Pesukim. The next Pasuk tells us, and then we'll move on to the rest of the Parsha. So Avram listens. Here he's still Avram. He doesn't have the hay yet. Vayelech Avram kasher dibeyelav Hashem, vayelech itolot. The Avram and Chamesh and Mishavim Shana, but Tzeisu Mecharan, he's seventy-five. The Ramban and others talk about exactly where he stopped, where he went. Right, we learned at the end of last week's parsha that his father went to Charan with him. Right, Terach took him, and then the and then afterwards Terach stays there, and now Avram goes. Ve'ikach Avram esarai eshto ve'slot ben Achiv. So Avram takes his wife, his nephew, ve'skol ruchusham asher achashu ve'sanefesh asher asu b'Charan. The ruchush and all the nefesh. Not for now. The Mefarshim wonder where, what happened to all those nefashos, all these gerim that Avram Avinu converted. They faded off into history. Why didn't it last? Okay. They all went. They left Haran and they went out to go to Eretz Canaan. Vayavo Arza Canaan, and they come to Arza Canaan. Ask the one of the Bali Musar or Blaim Chasman. Isn't it a little bit redundant? They went out to go to Eretz Canaan and they came to Eretz Canaan. Just say, Vayesu Vayavo, Eretz, Vayesu Vayavo, Eretz Canaan. To emphasize that they left to go to Eretz Canaan and they came to Eretz Canaan. 
What's the repetition meant to teach us? So you look in the Sefer Lasani Besanu, give me quotes here from the Rebbe Chasvin. In life, there are many times that we want to do things, and we even plan on doing things, we even start doing things. But sometimes when we, while we're doing it, we forget while we're doing it and we lose focus. And we aren't you know, where we are during the process. The goal of life isn't just to plan something and it isn't just to do it, but it's while we do it, to keep the focus. Never lose the focus. Klal gadol b'avodas Hashem in source number four. Yesh lo momi we can't lose the focus for a moment. Right? We live in a time period where I think uh, we can appreciate this. It used to be that when we used to look at maps to figure out where we're going, then you know, how, how, how hopeless can we feel? You know, you go down a street, but you, you're looking at the map, so you still know, okay, you make a right, make a left. What happens if there's all of a sudden no service no satellite reception. And I have no idea where I am. I'm so much worse off. I'm so dependent. So if I don't know where I'm going, I'm finished. And I have to like go in any direction. It might be the totally wrong direction to at least get back on course and get somewhere where that voice could start talking again and just tell me recalculating. Right? But, but says the, says Rebbeim Chasman, says, that's life. Can't lose focus in the spiritual realm. Right? We we put in just to keep the muscle going before we get in the car or right when we get in, we put in our destination. So we always have to remember that we always know where we're going. If we if we forget the destination, then we're just not going to know where to go. Every time we look, we see how much longer till the destination. But it's always focused. Any type of hesach hadas causes us to lose and to become weak. And then when we get up, then we, we lose focus and we go down the wrong, the wrong road and we go, forget it. I would just go, I want to turn around. So all the time we have to keep our focus on the goal. The way that he's going. So the Pesach emphasizes, not only did Avram go to Eretz Canaan, he came to Eretz Canaan. Every second of, the de- of, the, of his traveling, he was focused on the goal. As long as he went. You have to always focus on the goal. And now he just adds something separate, which is a separate point, but he has it here also. Number one, focus on the goal. We'll just skip for a moment. We'll get back to the second half for a second. Because this idea is also found later in the Sfarno in the Parsha. Later in the Sfarno, in source number six, the Sfarno, and later on in Parakel Zion, when I cut it, it's uh, again a different way than Chazal understand the pasuk. Beginning of Parakel Zion, Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells um, Avram Avinu towards the end of the parsha. Where's Parakel Zion? By he Avram ben Tishim Shadav Atesha Shanim, he was ninety-nine years old. By Yerah Shem al Avram, by Yomer Elov, Ani Kel Shakai, his Salech Lefanai VeYetamim. Hashem says to Avram, he's 99 years old, Ani Kel Shakai, new name that he's relating to Abraham, walk with me in front of me. Right, Rashi already quoted this last week, that Noah walked with Hashem. Avram could walk in front of Hashem. 
So what does it mean? It's Aleich Lefanai, Pasha's the means. They have to follow in God's ways. Right, or the Rashi says, Hidavik Ba'avodasi. Hidavik Ba'avodasi. So if you look at the Svarno, the Svarno first, the first half of it is not related to our issue right now. The Svarno first talks about the name Shakai. Shakai Shamar Olam died. That I said, I created the world and I said, this is what the world should be. So you just, let's just read that part. It's an important Ha'ara, even though we'll get to the second half, which is related. Anihu Shayesh Daibimitsiusi Lifulam Yuchedes Livihi Abriya. I am Shakai. I made the world and it's enough, meaning I decided that this world should exist. I don't need the world to exist. I exist even without the world. Hashem does not need anything to exist besides his, his own existence. And that's different than anything else created. Everything else created requires Hashem's constant blowing into it life. Zulas habore. But Hashem is not that. That's Shakai. Okay. But then he quotes, Anikal Shakai, his Salech Lefanai. So literally means, go in front of me. The Svarno has a different idea. His Salech, Kama. Hitalech, go, go anywhere you want in the world. But you know what? Lefanai. It should always be in front of me. Kemistakel B, Ladas Durachai, Kvyaefsharetz Lacha. The secret of life, says the Sarno, are these two words. Hisalech always lefanai. Always remember, I'm the goal. Wherever you're going, I'm there. I'm the goal where you're going to. Hisalech lefanai, and in that way, tamim. That will give you completeness and perfection. So that's the same idea. He went to Canaan and he came to Canaan and he focused the whole time because the whole time was a Kodesh Baruch Hu's tzivu in his mind and thinking about what he's doing. Okay, go back for a moment to source four. So what was the, what's the emphasis of this thought? Think about what we're doing during. And then he adds, Adam. A lot of times, especially around uh, Tishrei time, Elul Tishrei time, we all think about new Kabbalahs that we could do. I'm going to start this Seder and I'm going to do that. All these new things that, that we want to do. And that's great. But here he says, but there's something else that we could do. Maybe it's easier, maybe it's harder. Don't do anything new. Do everything we're doing anyway. Just think about it while we do it. We daven anyway. We bench anyway. We uh, wear tzitzes anyway. We, we do everything anyway, but at least we kosher. Let's think about it a little bit more. Right? Think about, right? By Yavo, I took it on. Not only did he go, he, he thought about it. We don't need new things. Think about things that we do. So you know what? It's even dangerous. If we only get excited about new things, then what about everything we've been doing all our life? We'll never get better. We'll never focus. Because, oh, this is old hat. I've been doing this all my life. I need something new. How about doing what we've always done and just making it more meaningful and making it more significant, thinking about what we're doing? Think about what we do. Think about the amazing, amazing value that we have. I once met a chaver, once met a friend of mine, a colleague, about 9 o'clock in the morning. And I say, no, how are you doing? He says, unbelievable. 
I say, really? Unbelievable? What? what? He says, you know what? I woke up this morning. I put on my tzitzes. You know, I did a tilo shadayim. I went to davening. I put on my tefillin. Oh, so me, I came home. I ate breakfast. I, I took my kids to school. I, try, I was machazik them. And I, 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 I had a, a little bit of a say in their Talmud Torah. I brought it to school. I said goodbye to my wife. I got, I, almost, I already had a full day. I did tzitzes, a tilo shadayim, Talmud Torah. I'm like, wow, yeah, that is amazing. So we do it anyway. Let's just think about what we do. Let's just think about what we do and in that way to make it exciting. That's what he says on the next page. We're always looking for new. And from here, we're trying to get higher. So then it must be because we don't value what we already, what we already are doing. We don't, we don't focus. And that's why we're looking for new things. Let's just focus on what we're doing. Like Avram Avinu. And like the Sparno says, his halech, but always, but always lafanai. Okay. Moving right along now to a little later in the, in the Parsha. Yud Gimel, Yud Gimel. 1313. We have here now the kings. The kings and the four kings and the five kings and Avram, Avram Avinu goes to, Avram goes to save Lot. And what happens? Viyanshi stom ra'im v'chatim l'ashem od. The people of Stom, before we get to the kings, I'm sorry, we'll get there soon. But first, Stom, one of the kings was Stom, but the people of Stom were Ra'im v'chatoim. They were evil and sinners. Ra'im v'chatoim. What is Ra'im v'chatoim? Rashi. Ra'im b'gufam v'chatoim b'mamonam. Right, they were evil in their, with their bodies and sinners in their money. L'ashem ma'od. To Hashem, very much so. Rashi. Yodim ribonam, they knew their master, they knew about God, umiskavnim limrodbo, and they had kavana to rebel against him. They knew Hashem, and miskavnim limrodbo, they had kavana to be moed. Ezra Volbi, in the Shi'ure Torah, his commentary on the Torah, if somebody is yodim ribonam, so why does that lead to miskavnim limrodbo? If you want to say they didn't recognize Hashem, they didn't know anything about Hashem, okay, they're evil. They don't think anybody's watching. But if they, Rashi says, it says, Lashem Ma'od. Rashi says that means they knew Hashem. Yodirimonam. So how does that lead to Mizkav and Limrod Bo? Shouldn't that prevent? Ketzad miyadiyas ribono, yotis marida. Harimakir mesbori olam, umamina bo. They recognize, if they believe in him, how does it lead to rebellion? And he quotes from the Saba from Kel. We say every day, You shall know today and you shall return it and put it into your heart. If something remains in the mind, it's not going to have the proper effect that it needs to have on the lathe. We have to have Yadata Hayom and also Adam. A person has to put the Amuna so far and deep into him. Shekal All of his kochos, kochos aguf, kochos anefesh, If it's in our heart, then our whole essence will be affected and will be mushpa. Avalam Adam But if a person doesn't, 
If all it is is that I'm aware of it in my head, but I don't bring it to my heart, it could have the opposite effect. Because I know in my mind that Hashem wants me to do this, A, B, and C, and He doesn't want me to do this, C, D, and E. So many limits. And I feel enchained. If I don't feel it in my heart, and I want to be an Evan Hashem, it's just knowledge. It's just information that it could have the opposite effect. Because I have all these rules and regulations that I don't, I'm not interested in, and therefore, I'll just rebel. It ties us up. If we believe in the Boreolam, I can't do whatever I want. And therefore, Dafka, if you're Yodea Ribonam, it can lead to Miskavnam Librodbo. Rashi says Yodea. Rashi doesn't say Makir Ribona. That would be a, a deeper idea, which might reflect that it was Vahashibosa Elavavecha. It's just Yodea. They have the knowledge. They have the knowledge. Hakara would be Belev. Then there wouldn't be Merida. But Yodea, if that's all it stays with, so then it will not have the desired effect. And that's what happened in Stone. They believed, but they left it in the mind. It didn't get to the heart. And therefore, they were able to be Ra'im v'chato'im l'Hashem me'ot. Okay, now we get to the kings. We get to the kings. The first king listed is Amraphel Melech Shinar. Amraphel Melech Shinar. Rashi says, who's Amraphel? Somebody we know already. Who Nimrod? Who Nimrod? Sha'amra la'Avraham. Paul l'tokif shana'esh. Right? Nimrod, he threw Avram into the kitchen of Aish. That's where Omar, Paul, Amraphel, Omar, he said, Paul, go down. Go down into the fire. That's where Amraphel comes from. According to Rashi, that his real name was Nimrod, and his nickname was Amraphel, Omar, Paul, he said, to go down into the kitchen of Aish. So there is something that came up in Dafyomi recently. Uh, the Chashuk Yechemed, Nida Dafyod Gimel, asked the following interesting question. There was a man that was buying a new solar heater, a Duchemesh on the roof. The problem was that the company that sold the solar heaters was named Nimrod. That was the name of the solar heater company. We're not asking why that is and why they named it that. That's just the Metzius. So on every big solar heater, it said in big letters, Nimrod. And what are we going to do? We're going to take this big solar heater, we're going to put it on the roof, and everybody's going to come and see my new solar heater on top of the roof on the highest point, Nimrod. Anything wrong with that? Anything wrong with buying that solar heater? Hari Nimrod, no Chambashem Isbarach. He was Moraid. That's why he was named Nimrod. He was Moraid. And we know the Mishnah tells us, Meseches Yuma, Shem Risham Yerkav. The names of the wicked should rot. Amr Abelazar, Rakvivus, Talebishmosayan. There should be rotting that goes up on their names. Tlomaskinim Mishmayu. Rashi is though Yikradim Lebano, you shouldn't call person should have called his son by Avraya Russia. Vieshless topic him Rachli Grobless Libro Bishmam. Is it only using their names? Or is it even to be masculine, even mentioning them? So this is a discussion in the postkim. Various postkim he quotes this, uh, the summary of it here, as he always does, quotes a chuva of the Ramah, that maybe anything in the Torah is, is okay. The Torah mentions it. 
The Torah mentions the name. Any wicked person, even as long as he's in the Torah, it's okay. Nimrod, Esav, right? You can mention all of them. Haman, where's their problem there? Right? Amalek, even names of Avodazara, Baal Paor, right? Baal Tzaphon, right? All these. So, says the Ramah, there's no problem. So, according to that, there wouldn't be a problem with Nimrod. What do you probably Nimrod is in the Torah. Look over then. Larzos muter liknos to Shemesh. Because of Nimrod. Because the Ramah says there's no Israel at all. And others say it's in the Torah. And then he says, well, also, maybe according to some, Nimrod is not his real name. Right? The Gemara, it says in Mesechus Erevin, Rashi only quoted one opinion. The Gemara has a machlokas in Erevin. Vayhi bimei amrafel, ar pasik. Rav Shmuel. Chad amar Nimrod Shmo. So one opinion says Nimrod was his real name and Amrav was his nickname. But one said, really, his real name was Amrafel. Nimrod was his nickname. And then what the Nafkamina says the Taurus Chaim, Shem Risham Yerkav. Right? If you say Amrafel is his real name, so then Amrafel is the only problem. So according to then, yeah, at least one day of that, Nimrod wasn't even his real name. See, so he says, Mistaver, he says, in his view, again, other postgame, I think, might say, it doesn't matter, it's fine. You're not being masked the name. But he's very uncomfortable with it. He says, you know what? Ask the company to erase one of the letters. Or, after the letters, you know, you should put a, get a Sharpie and put, you know, the, uh, the initials, Shin Reish Yud, Shem Risham Yerkov. However you want, he is uncomfortable with having this name up on top of the of the of the house on the highest point. Nimrod, you know, rebellion against God, right? To have that as a symbol, kind of like as the opposite of uh, a mezuzah, to have that on top of the house, and therefore the Chashuk Yechem himself is is comfortable. I don't know how how feasible that would be. They would probably say, "You want it, take it. If you don't want it, forget it. We're not erasing any letters." But that's what he says theoretically. Nimrod. Okay, fine. Okay. Moving right along. Two other points let's try to uh, squeeze in for, for, this, uh, for this evening's shear. One is the Gur Aryeh. Gur Aryeh notes, now let's go to the next parak. Yudalud Yud Gimel. Yudalud Yud Gimel, there was the fight and Lot was taken captive. By the kings, Vayichu as Lot, Ben Achi Avram. Interesting, not for now, but it's an unusual pasuk. Pasuk Yud Beis, good the Mefarshim. Vayichu as Lot, Ben Achi Avram. Vayelechu. They took Lot and all the possessions, son of the brother of Avraham. Shouldn't it be they took Lot, son of the brother of Avraham, and his possessions? It's Keilu. His possessions started defining him. They were part of who he was. They took Lot and his possessions. Then Ben Achi Avram, Vayelechu, Vayoshev is known. Vayavoa Palit, the escapee, the one that escaped came, Vayagid la Avram Ha'ivri, and he told Avram Ha'ivri what happened. Vushochim be'lanei Mamrei Ha'mari, Achi Ashkol and Achi Aner in Bali Bris Avram. Rashi Vayavoa Palit, Lefip Shuto. Interesting. This is the pshat. Lefip Shuto ze Og shepalat min Hamochama. This is Og that was saved. This is what it said later. Og was the only one that was left from the giants. He was saved, says the Medrashtan So either he was saved from the kings or he was saved from the Mabo. But either way, he was the 
one that uh, was saved. He was the palit. And Rashi ends up saying, Avraham He wanted Avraham to go to battle, be killed, so he can marry Sarah. Uh, that was his kavana. If this was Og, and he was from the t- before the Mabal, and as the, the uh, Midrashim talk about, Og's head was on the teva, and his body was in the water, and just around the body, it wasn't boiling hot, that's why he lived. We're assuming that's Og, the same Og, and he lived all the way until Moshe Rabbeinu killed him. The Gemara says, the beginning of the ninth parak in Mesechah's Brachas. That's a very long life. Over 850 years, if you do the math, if he was before the Mabol and all the lifetime of Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov, whatever, that's not overlapping, and uh, you know, Levi and Kahas and Amram and Moshe, it's a long life. Why do you live so long? V'ulai, says the Maharal. Again, it's a long piece. We're not going to do all of it, but I just gave it to you. He repeats a, a few things along the way. How could this Russia live so long? I can go through the math. The Mabu was this. The Og, the Milchemes Og was this. Kushizos, Kushizoklum. It's not a kasha. Not a kasha. Not only because, oh, we don't understand Sadiq Rala Russia with Ovlo. Not only because of that. Shekfara Yutmeim Gamkin al Chilakadora, Shekodima Mabu. Uvachra Mabu. Remember, and this is the simple answer, he says. Before the Mabul, people lived 800 years, 700 years, 900 years. And afterwards, they lived much less. So you might say, what happened? The same machlokas that I have with some men. They look at the physical body. Physical body. How did the physical body last so long? The call ma ashe yigzoru ala murkav yigazo al nisuo hu atzura v'hanefesh. Says the Gurarye, and Rabbi Harman explains it in the footnotes. Many out there believe that the body is the ultimate influence, and the body influences the soul, and Hashem decides something about the body, and that's the mashpi on the soul. And says the ma'aral va'ani omer, where it's underlined ha'hefech. It could be the opposite. The nefesh is the deciding factor. Who can decide that a certain nefesh is destined to live a much longer time and therefore the goof stays a much longer time? It's not that specifically, you know, bodies are the same. So to speak. But then he quotes additionally, whenever something is closer to the beginning, there's more purity there. And it makes sense. Og is from before the Mabul. That was a different world. That was close to my sabracious, says the Maharal. You're going to ask me, a kasha, Baruch Hu created the world? People lived hundreds of years longer? They were much closer, and after the Mabul, it was a different world. So it's not because Og was such a great tzaddik. And he goes through how beginnings are defining and beginnings are, you know, are, are affect the whole process. But he says it's not because Og deserved anything. He says towards the bottom, the Altomer Khalila ki Hemshach Mitsiusan, the reason they live so long, Yorel Ilit Surasan, was because they they're they're so something great about them. Not true. After continuing in this, and he mentioned this a few a few moments, he says towards the end, but I'll mention one reason I think maybe he lived all the way till Moshe Rabbeinu. Maybe one way till Moshe Rabbeinu. 
We know these giants, were they, were they regular human beings, these giants? Regular with the, they just had large digestive and intestinal. They were, they were giant, maybe. But there are sources that talk about that they were somewhere between angelic and human. They had certain, certain types of shadim power, whatever you want to call it. So maybe the ultimate ish, ish elokim had to be the one to kill these beings that were somewhere between Shemayim Ba'aretz. And that's why we had to wait till Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what he says at the end. Mayim is a lowly physical, but Moshe Rabbeinu is the highest Ishalokim, and maybe that's why it happened. But either way, the Maral has a long piece here relating to Og and describing why his living a long time has nothing to do with any righteousness of him, but has to do with the fact that he lived before the Mabel and maybe to be able to have him killed by Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, and finally, the last thought to end off with, uh, which is also a thought to take home with us, the end of Perak Yudalit. Yudalit Chafez, we've spoken about this passing before, but now a different, a different message. So after the war, the king say, the king of stone says, Avram, what do you want? Take what you want. Avram says, I'm not taking anything. Nobody should ever say, Nobody should be able to ever say that I made Avram rich. So ask the Otsus HaTorah, I guess connected to what we said earlier, before him we said, Does Avram really care what everybody, that he's famous? So here too, does Avram really care that people are going to say that the king of stone made Avram rich? What does he care? Why does he care what people say? It says here in the Otsus HaTorah. So Avram knows the MS. He won the war. Everything is really rightfully his anyway. So so what though what people are gonna say? Right? Why did he give it away? Elanira Lomar says the Otras Torah. As we said before, the Avos, as we mentioned last week, as we're gonna mention many times, and have we mentioned many times, the Avos' actions weren't just personal individual actions, they were laying the foundation for the nation. And they were laying the foundation and putting it into the DNA of their descendants, everything they did. And he quotes the Ruach Chaim that we like to quote, that Avinu, through his Nisyonos, put it into the, the DNA of all of us to be able to pass our Nisyonos. And that's why he says, what was this? The fact that Avinu said, I don't need your money. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes care of me. Even for that moment, for him he didn't have to do it. But he did it to teach us. He did it to teach us to put into our being the recognition that hopefully so many of us have and so many throughout the ages have had. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Morish and the Mashir. Hashem is the one in charge. And if a certain deal doesn't work out and a certain client doesn't work out, we know how to accept it and say HaKadosh Baruch was in charge. Where did that koach come from? It came from Avram Avinu. That Avram Avinu said, Stom, I don't need your money. HaKadosh Baruch takes care of me. It's not that king. And that's why when Jews, when we know throughout history, the 1900s, when the, when the employer said, you don't come to work on Saturday, don't come on Monday. And so many Jews said, okay, 
because they realized that that koach came from Avram Avinu. Minayim Shavu is called there. They chadura et slom emunazos ala Avraham. Who asher? Right, he was the one. Hishrish vehinchil achal tzav echarav. He put it into his descendants to be able to do that and to be able to uh, have that attitude. Have that attitude towards towards uh, towards everything Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives us. And along these lines, he quotes a beautiful story, humorous story, but he quotes a story about a Yehudi Pashut. There was a Jew that was working uh, for a landowner, a paritz, in and he was sharecropping, and he got a parnasa from the landowner. And one time, the landowner, every couple of days, he came over to "How you doing?" And the answer was always "Baruch Hashem, Hashem is great. He gives me everything I need." And that, that irked the parts. That irked the landowner. What do you mean Hashem gives you everything you need? I'm paying your salary. What do you mean Hashem gives you everything? I give you everything. And every time he went to the Jew, every day he went, yeah, Hashem gives me everything. Hashem is the best. So he says, yeah, I'll show him. Two days before Pesach, he goes over to him and says, you're fired. Now we'll see how much your God will take care of you. So he goes home. And he's sitting at home. He has nothing. And the, the pirates kept walking by his house. Oh, looks in his windows. Sees he has nothing. Okay, hope you hope your hope your God, you know, takes care of you. The pirates was very wealthy and very haughty. And um, he uh, he went home and he wanted to count his riches. He had a gold coin collection. So he went to his gold coin collection and they had a way to to to, to, to test whether the gold coins were real or not. They would like somehow, somebody test, like put him in his mouth and, and bite on it and see what it felt like. He was able to tell, you know, whether, you know, the gold was real or not. So he sat there and he did this whole thing and he saw how much he had. He was so happy and goes out of his room. This man had a pet monkey. And the monkey was in the room watching. And monkeys are good copiers, uh, but they don't use their brain so much. So the monkey saw that you put it in the mouth and you bite on it. He just didn't realize that you have to spit it out. So the monkey, after this guy left, went and ate all the gold coins, but didn't spit it out. So he ate them, he ate them, he ate them, and eventually the monkey died. And the pirate comes in a little bit later, he sees he has a dead monkey here. He says, what am I, my monkey died? He says, oh, I'm going to get that Jew even more. He takes the dead monkey during the night, he throws the dead smelly monkey into the Jew's window. The next morning the Jew wakes up, he sees this dead monkey in his house, the story's all written here. And he's like, oh, what is this? He's about to get it out. And all of a sudden, he sees something gold in the mouth. You know, something that's shining. He looks closer and he sees it's a gold coin. He sees behind there's another gold coin. All of a sudden, he realizes. He cuts open the monkey. He sees he's rich. He washes them off. He goes to the marketplace and he buys matzah and wine and everything he needs for the seder. And Leil HaSeder, the pirates come and says, let me see what the Jew's doing now. And he comes and looks inside. He sees he has everything. He knocks. He says, what's going on here? He says, I got Baruch took care of me. Kaddish Baruch Hu took care of me, and you know the rest is is history. So we have it in our koach, in our power, to always recognize that Kaddish Baruch Hu is the one that takes care of us. We know that because we're Moser Nefesh, and Avram Avinu was Moser Nefesh, even if he himself didn't need it at the time, but he did it to instill in us the value and the message that Kaddish Baruch Hu is always in charge of all of our panasa and all the situations that he puts us in. Okay, we'll stop here.